Exceptional Field Service Delivery creates, magnifies, and sustains exceptional customer experiences and brand loyalty. Welcome to the Super FM Podcast, Field Service Your Way, with me, Michael Israel. I'll lead conversations about critical issues in today's field service ecosystem with knowledgeable and experienced service management professionals. Now, let's learn something. Hello and welcome to Zuper FM Field Service Your Way with your host, Michael Israel. Michael, it's good to be back with you, man. How are you? Yeah, it's been a little while. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm sitting in uh, New Mexico where it's nice and sunny and it's going to be like in the lower 70s today. So it's uh, it's great. Nice. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You've got a guest on the show um, and I got an opportunity just to chat with them before we hit the record button. I think it's going to be a really good show. What are you guys talking about? Well, first of all, we're going to talk about uh, something that I know Rod is very, very passionate about, and that is um, hiring and retaining skilled technicians and mm. making sure that uh, young people are aware that there's a very, very good career path available in the HVAC industry. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about one of my favorite sub favorite subjects that I know you're familiar with, and that is completed service work. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited because... I think every industry is having trouble finding good work and keeping yeah. good work. So this is a wonderful topic. Take it away. Okay, Rod. Hi. Thanks so much for joining. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Michael. Doing great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. And we're we're a balmy twenty two degrees here in the <laughs> Minneapolis St. Paul area. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a cold winter here, believe it or not, in Albuquerque. Everybody, we just moved here a few months ago, and everybody tells us it's the coldest winter on record. But uh, we didn't we didn't have very many days that it was twenty two degrees. So. Uh, <laughs> So it's really, really nice to have you here. Uh, I would ask you, if you don't mind, could you give a, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your responsibilities are at Train and uh, perhaps a little bit about your background as well? Sure, be happy to. So, uh, yeah, so I started with Train, gosh, over 26 years ago, been in the HVAC industry since that initial time. Uh, currently, I'm responsible for North America service operations. Great. And what that really means is, uh, uh, our team supports our field organization across the country, across North America. Uh, when it comes to our technicians, um, what we call our back office folks, our project administrators, our resource coordinators. Uh, and so we have around 3,000 technicians on the road every day. Wow. Uh, and our team supports those technicians and, again, their support personnel in their offices. Wow, that's just amazing. And uh so what attracted you to the HVAC industry when you first started uh, low those many years ago? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, I was asking myself a number of times, how did I ever get here? Uh, and <laughs> it really all started with my environmental background and specifically refrigerant management. And so I entered the train organization, uh, helping our regional offices, our technicians uh, with refrigerant uh, support. Mm -hmm being from compliance to handling, et cetera. And that, that ultimately grew into opportunities in our service business to lead teams of service um, uh, individuals and, and teams and, and really expanded my career uh, to where I am today in regards to supporting North America and the service side of our business. Yeah, that's great. Can you also tell us a little bit about the business of TRAIN? What, what exactly does TRAIN do? I'm sure everybody recognizes the name as 
as an HVAC or a, a, a manufacturer of HVAC equipment, but perhaps you can expand on that a little bit, and especially as it pertains to your responsibilities. Sure. Yeah. So we are, um, gosh, we've been in business for over 110 years, and many people, when they hear train, they often think of uh, us as an equipment business, and rightfully so, right? That's really how we got our footing in the, in the industry. Uh, we are an OEM uh, and continue to be an OEM. Over time, what, as we've evolved as an organization, bringing in service and controls and contracting, really where we've come to, Michael, is we are now uh, climate innovators, and what that means is, you know, our purpose is to boldly challenge what's possible for a sustainable world. So we're a sustainability company. We're an innovation company. We're a technology company. And as we are working with our customers, our goals and objectives are to reduce the energy intensity of the world. And therefore, how do we support them in reducing their energy consumption, sure. things of that nature? So uh, my team is responsible for supporting those folks on the ground every day, assisting their customers, helping them drive sustainability opportunities. And so when it comes to our technician crew, our goals as well are, as well are to arm them with the tools, the technologies, the support that they need to do the same. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I know we were talking a little bit about that the other day. And uh, your um, your team primarily or exclusively works with commercial enterprises. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we are primarily commercial. Uh, we, we typically do not support residential uh, uh, companies or businesses mm -hmm. that that is uh, comes from another part of our organization. Okay, very good. So yeah, with, when you're trying to impact the environment uh, in a positive way, as you are, it certainly makes sense that the largest uh, opportunity to impact the environment would be with commercial environments, I think, or certainly a very large percentage percent of that opportunity anyway. So Absolutely. let's move on to a topic that I know is one of your favorites. And uh, uh, we talked about it briefly at the start of this podcast, and that is uh, the whole business of skills, being able to at attract people that have the right skills and the right attitude to be able to learn the skills. And I know you're really, really passionate about making sure that the HVAC industry in particular has a pool of talent that they can uh, draw on as you need to hire new people. Can you talk about why you're so passionate about that? And, you know, what, what are some of the things that you're trying to do to encourage people to consider a career in the HVAC industry? Sure. Yeah. There's um, with many trades, as, as many of us know, uh, the talent pool, uh, there's a lot of challenges around um, identifying and, and securing, retaining, the right talent that we need within the trades and the industry and HVAC is no exception. In fact, we have an aging workforce. Um, we have challenges in regards to attraction to our industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, this isn't something new that's been happening. Um, but I think what we've recognized within the industry is that we have opportunities to uh, eliminate some of the the misconceptions in terms of our industry. And what I mean by that is oftentimes um, the way that people internalize or view 
uh, a potential career when they hear the word technician can get them um, put their mind in a place that isn't directly aligned with the actual real reality of the potential career. So for example, uh, you know, we've, our organization has spent a lot of time and we continue to invest in getting in front of young talent to help them understand what the real opportunity looks like. Today's world in HVAC from a technician perspective is so much different than it was even 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. If we think about um, the type of work that our technicians do and all technicians within HVAC uh, nowadays, they have to be very savvy and talented when it comes to things like computer systems, mm -hmm. um, IT, right, programming, uh, understanding uh, fundamentals of the refrigeration cycle. There's a lot of technical requirements within that space. And similar to the auto industry from a technician level, it's moved from this, this old view of, of using wrenches, right? And turning dials, et cetera, to more interface around the digital aspect of, of the career. Um, HVAC is a, is a heavily digital industry and it's becoming more and more so. And so as we're looking to attract talent, we're working very hard to help people understand what an HVAC technician's responsibilities look like and what the potential career paths are. Yeah, because the career path can be a, a pretty pretty good career path and it can be a quite well-paying job as well. Sure can. And uh, I know we were talking about that um, the other day as well in that what, what kind of salary can a successful HVAC technician expect to make, you know, once they acquire the knowledge that you've just described and become uh, very adept at their job? What, what kind yeah. of salary range are they looking at? Yeah, I mean, there's the salaries. Obviously, there's variability based upon sure. the type of technician, the experience, as you mentioned, the tenure in the role, um, you know, but it's not uncommon uh, for the highly tenured technicians to be approaching or exceeding six figures sometimes, right? I mean, the, the reality of that with things like um, the demand, with things like overtime, et cetera, um, that's not unheard of. And so, yes, it can be a very lucrative career um, and, and one that as we continue to look to attract the talent, we're we are becoming more and more cognizant of the fact that we have to make sure that we're compensating uh, our talent in, in an appropriate, a fair and equitable, equitable way. Um, and, and as we look at the needs of the business and the needs of our customers to align that recognition, that compensation with those other elements is critical. And so we, we are always looking at that, making sure that uh, we're recognizing and uplifting our people in the, in the appropriate way. Compensation is just one element of that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, especially in companies like yours and similar companies, probably it's not just the monetary compensation that's important to the employees and the potential employees, but it's also the benefits that are offered and the the vacation time and, and those kinds of things. Can you talk about a little bit about uh, those things as well? Yeah, we, um, one of our strategies is to uplift our people, our culture and our communities. 
And those items that you just mentioned are key to our overall ability to build a culture within the organization where our technicians um, want to stay with us, right? And so we've conducted this past year what we call an employee value proposition survey with our technician base. And they, they shared with us that there's a couple of things that are most important to them on and ask the aspects of being a technician at Train Technologies. And the top items there were around things like access to support. We as an organization, as an OEM, we have a tremendous amount of talent, very brilliant, brilliant folks that are supporting our technicians on a regular basis. We have technician technical support folks. We have our factories. And so it's very important to them. They told us that support and direct access to our manufacturing sites, to our technical support teams is key. The people that they work with themselves, right? In terms of the team, the culture that they build, the technology we provide them, what type of equipment are we arming them with? And that's an area of focus that we have right now with our technicians is to improve their lives through technology, what we call the connected technician, mm-hmm. and arming them with the processes, the tools necessary to make their jobs easier, to make it easier for them to serve their customers, to say, stay safe and go home safe every day. And to find a good balance, right, between their work and their home life. It's really important to us as we're looking at how we uplift our technician crew to make sure that we're doing what's right by them. We start with our associates. We start with them. And then we think about, okay, if if we can provide them with the support and the balance they need, then they're likely going to be taking care of the customer base, um, in, in, in a really strong way. And ultimately that brings the business results. And so there's an area there in terms of, of technician work-life balance that's, that's really key and having making sure they have some flexibility and some autonomy in their roles. The pandemic certainly exposed a number of opportunities for us. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So as we think about things like many of us were able to stay at home, work remotely or virtually, our technicians didn't have that option. And we had to respect that. The fact that they're still expected to be out there mm-hmm. in front of customers while we're all in isolation. And that's a big deal. And so we learned a ton through that. Uh, that's exposed other opportunities for us to find a better balance for them, to support them, to uplift them, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And I think what's one of the things that's key is as you're trying to attract younger talent into the business and and encourage them to make a career of it, it's really important to younger people today, especially um, to be, uh, to work in an environment that is taking advantage of the technology that's available and emerging technologies. They love that. I think I don't, I don't mean to generalize for everyone, but I think that's generally true. And uh, it's also important for them, I believe, to have a, a, a good work-life balance. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's great to hear that that's something that you consider uh, significant and that you take steps to make sure that your technicians have that opportunity. One of the things that I know that you've done is develop a career path, uh, a, a, a specific career path that your technicians can follow. Can you 
describe that a little bit? Yeah, be happy to. We um, maybe I'll start with building off of that employee value proposition data that we receive back directly from our technicians. We asked them questions around the top five reasons that that they came to train and why they stay at train. Um, the top three were the fact that it's important that their skill set uh, fits with their interests, right? And yeah. the required. The second was learning and development opportunities, ongoing opportunities to learn and grow. And the third was about career potential and opportunities, a clarity around what that career path could look like. And so as a result of that data, along with some other feedback we were receiving and and just some needs that we were seeing in the organization, um, we pulled together a large group of, of folks, very talented people that helped us create what we now call our train apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. And we kicked off the first cohort of that this year in February. We have 27, I will call it entry-level technicians to HVAC into this four-year program. And it is an accredited program. Um, it includes both uh, online or call it relative training, uh, online relative training, along with on-the-job training. Mm-hmm. So as we look at you know, the overall program itself with this related technical instruction where they spend over a course of, of four years, somewhere around five or 600 hours of time, mm-hmm. online learning courses, they then bring that to their job each day and they apply mm-hmm. what they've learned. So they have a mentor that is with them throughout the course. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and we line them with, with strength that we already have on the ground. So they're applying it. There's a mentorship. That mentorship element is so key. And ultimately what we're doing is we're driving what we call a standardized progression of their career over those four years. Mm -hmm. And so as they go through this program, they're basically going through gates and showing the competency that they're, that they're gaining And as they gain competency and as they pass gates, they're being compensated for that, right? So their compensation is increasing as they go through the program. They get to see the next steps within their career path. Um, And we've been getting some tremendous feedback there in regards to that clarity of what the potential could be Mm -hmm. as they enter the trades, as they enter HVAC. And so we're going to be expanding this apprenticeship program as we move forward. But what we've learned is starting with, I'll call it entry level or green talent is a tremendous way for us to build the talent within and retain that talent. Because That's important. They can yep. See the culture, right? That we're building and that they're part of as train. And for, for those of us that have been in this industry, for a number of years, we know that there are tremendous challenges trying to recruit experienced, tenured HVAC talent. Sure. Yeah. If they if those are out there, typically speaking, companies are taking care of them and they have no interest to move somewhere else. And right. so we know we got to build within. And so this program, I think, is going to help us um, help us recruit, is going to help us 
develop the skill sets is going to help us with knowledge transfer. As we have that aging workforce, these mentors will be converting or transitioning their talent, their knowledge over to these apprentices so they can grow and develop and pass it to their, um, to those behind them. So really excited about that program and uh, look forward to talking about it again, maybe sometime in the future after we have some results. Oh, we'd love to do that. Absolutely. Uh, This is fascinating. I think one of the things that I was thinking about while you were talking there is that you know, when you're, when you're recruiting new young talent, you're, they're coming into your company, not just because they have a job now, but because they also, they have a job, but also they can see based upon the programs that you've put together, that there's a path ahead for them to continue to grow, to continue to become more knowledgeable, to continue to become more valuable to your organization, and therefore to continue to to build their own self-esteem and pride in what they do. Right. Exactly. That, yeah. that is a big piece of this program. And, you know, the, we, we've recognized the fact that as, as they complete this four years, um, you know, as an accredited program, you know, certifications through the department of labor, as an example, they get a certificate from the DOL, they could take that wherever they want to go. Sure. Right? And we see that as a, the opportunity um, for us to support them in their career path. And we know that we have to make the right investments and it's up to us to support them in their career with the hopes that they'll stay with the train organization. Um, but the fact is, is we're building talent for the industry through this course. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be sharing this more and more as we go forward, but really excited about what you mentioned, Michael, which is the learning more from these, these um, technicians that are going through the program around that clarity of career potential. Mm-hmm. We talk it all day long, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're always talking to them about, hey, what could the next step look like? What are you interested in? How would you like to apply your skill set? Uh, but until now, really haven't had the opportunity to paint a real clear picture of what that potential looks like. And so now yeah. we've got that. And uh, I think it's going to make a huge difference in terms of our overall retention and development of the organization. Yeah, I think it will. It's a com- it's a really common sense approach, and you're taking a very aggressive stance and approach to making sure that uh, you're not only getting the right talent, but you're um, giving them a reason to stay with you in the long term. Right. So, one I want to transition now to uh, something that I think is very uh, very significantly affected by the programs that you're putting in place, and that is if you're technicians have a, a good deal of skill if they if they obviously know what they're doing they've got great training they've got great mentorship and they feel really secure in their job and they're happy and proud of what they do they're going to deliver better service to your customers as a result of all of that and that really ties into what we talk about a lot and that is the concept of completed service work and i know you and i talked about this a few days ago as well um, you know, completed service work is the concept, to put it in a nutshell, it's the concept of when a technician's done doing the assigned work, so he's been assigned to a, a service job, and he goes in and he completes the service job, he's really not done yet. And I shouldn't say he, I should say he or she are, are really not done yet until they anticipate, think ahead, what is it that I can do next for the customer that will help the customer out? 
Sure. So that's the concept of completed service work. When you're done with your work, you're not quite done yet until you take that next anticipated step. Um, and you and I talked about some of the things that you've put in place to instill that philosophy and that culture in your technicians. Can you, uh, mm -hmm. can you uh, describe that again for me, please? Sure. I'd be happy to. There's, you know, some of that is a learned behavior uh, with sure. time and experience. And as our technicians are, are working with their customers and, and building relationships with them to really understand what their needs are from a, an equipment, from a systems, from an overall building perspective, um, those that have been doing that for enough time, it almost becomes inherent, right? Where they're looking and saying, hey, what else can I do to assist you? And to your point, I know I've completed this scope of work or this maintenance task, uh, but is there additional things that we can be doing to support you? So there's a few things there that, that we're arming our technicians with to support them in making that um, making those steps in that direction and really accelerating their ability to serve our customers in a manner that goes above and beyond just the scope of work. And so one is what I mentioned earlier in regards to their view and around opportunities when it comes to sustainability. Now for a technician, sustainability, the feedback we receive there is sustainability can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. With our technician population, typically speaking, what that means is there's an element of, call it equipment or systems efficiency, where they look for opportunities to say, how can I make your, your chiller or your overall building more efficient, right? So as they're looking at opportunities there, they're starting to identify potential things like upgrades to equipment, retrofits. We have a really strong program for our customers called the Renewal program, where we go out and, and basically we're renewing a chiller or a piece of, of HVAC equipment to bring it back to original specification, original design, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now within that, there's also the opportunity to convert to um, alternative refrigerants, right? Move to those with, with lower global warming potential, ozone depleting potential. And so our technicians are really good at looking for those opportunities to help a customer understand the impact that they're having on the environment through their HVAC system. So refrigerants themselves are a key opportunity for our technicians and, and we're doing a lot of work for our customers there to, to move them to the alternative refrigerants. In addition to those types of things, Michael, um, mm -hmm. we also have what we call a quick quote program for our technicians. And it's an incentive-based program. Um, and really what it's about is helping our technicians see the, the potential of providing additional support, as you mentioned earlier, to our customers to keep their eyes open and say, hey, is there anything else I can do to help you? It's a customer-centric program. There is incentive tied to it, but it's all about better serving the customer. Right. So we've armed our technicians with the technology on their mobile phones to provide a, tech, a customer with an estimate with actually a quote, quick, a quick quote mm -hmm. right there on the job to say, Hey, 
I've noticed this, I can fix this for you, I can update this for you, I can help you out. If you're interested, I can take care of it right now um, and get you up and running or address some additional issues that I have identified while I've been on site. And so um, our technicians have been done doing a phenomenal job there supporting our customer base through this quick cool program and driving the additional opportunities to serve clients in a way that maybe before we were just there to look at the one scope of work that they were dispatched to go take care of. Right, so right. between those things is, is really where we look and say that the concept of completed work it, for us is like, it's never fully complete. There's always <laughs> additional potential. Yes, yeah. you may complete a scope, but in the end, it's always about continuous improvement in serving that customer. Yeah, and that's got to be a mindset in your with your technicians as well. Uh, it can't be some if it's really going to be successful. It can't be a one off that just your best technicians do. It's got to be right. a mindset of all the technicians. How do you instill that in 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 your workforce? In yeah, all of them, a, do you think it's a really good question? You're right. It it is a mindset, and it's one, Michael, that. Um, comes with culture. It's a culture. Oh, really absolutely. What it is. And, yeah. you know, we've always viewed culture, culture builds or grows from, we'll call it the ground up. Culture isn't a top down um, element, right? You can't build culture by pushing down through the organization. It's about relationships at the ground level in front of our customers. And so our technicians are the ones that are driving our overall culture. And so as, again, we're very blessed with the talent we have in the organization mm -hmm. and the tenure we have. And as we think about um, the culture necessary to have that customer-centric mindset, so that, that culture doesn't only come from our tenured talent, right? But it also comes from expectations that our individuals are, are setting for themselves and how they better serve the customer. Right. right. And so as we are supporting our technicians, we help them, um, we support them in terms of how, how do you create a customer experience that drives that customer to look at train as one organization, right? Meaning, when, I, when anyone from train is supporting me, I know the level, the type of support that I'm going to get. Yeah. And so yeah. that is core uh, to our organization as we think again about instilling that in our associates first so they can serve those customer customers and then ultimately bring the financial results. So there's a lot behind that, Michael. Um, and... I think another part of it is that we have very high standards of all of our associates, not just our technician population, um, is where we think about things like our leadership principles. And one of those leadership principles that I would highlight is do what's right always, right? No questions asked. Yeah. Um, it's a, it is about integrity. It, it is about ethics and it's about building trust. And so with that foundation of trust is how we, um, with the help of our, our technicians and the rest of our associates, build a culture within to be able to have that customer-centric mindset. 
Yeah, that's simply amazing. And it just, it just makes me think of, um, you know, we always hear a lot about vicious circles. I think this is a, a vicious circle in a very positive direction, right? You're, you're helping the technicians understand not only how to do their job well, but how to relate with the customer well and become customer partners. The winner in that is the customer. The winner in that is the company, your company, train, and any company that does that. The winner in that is the technician because the technician develops pride and and uh, you know increases self-esteem about what they're doing and they feel good about their job. There's no losers in this kind of culture, absolutely none. And so I, I, I really strongly encourage every organization to think like this for their field service force. And I love one of the phrases that you said, what else can I do to assist you? Right. And uh, so I'm going to borrow that because I, I, I use different phrases to describe uh, what completed service work means. So that's going to become part of my language. Now, what else can I do to assist you? I love that. Sure. So I think this is this has been a really, really great conversation, Rod. As always, whenever I've talked to you, I really respect the passion you have for the people that work in your organization and how you want to help them uh, develop a career and uh, and, uh, you, you know, do a good job. And I very much respect your desire to help younger people understand that the trades are a good career opportunity and you don't necessarily have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a four-year degree or a master's degree to have a good career ahead of you. So, Amen to that, Michael. Yeah. Thank uh, you for that. Great, uh, great career path opportunities there. Yeah. So I think uh, once again, thank you so much for your time and uh, Eric, I'll turn it back over to you. All right. This has been fantastic. I, I love the conversation. I uh, couldn't agree with more with all the things you just said. It's, it's, yeah, you just see the news and you just see all these kids that are just uh, straddled with debt and there's so many options out there. So many yeah. great paying jobs that are so rewarding that they can build families with and build legacies with. Yeah. Uh, I just, the word needs to get out there. So this is why this podcast exists. So uh, Rod, thank you so much for your time and being a great guest. Of course, Michael, thank you so much for, for hosting this and, and really bringing this platform to the forefront. And of course, our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Zuper FM Field Service Your Way with Michael Israel. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Zuper FM, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Zuper FM, field service your way. Insightful discussions and advice that help you position your field service operations as a powerful force in building enduring customer loyalty. And remember this, when you deliver excellent service to your customers, you're also facilitating their ability to provide superior service to their customers, which strengthens brand loyalty among their customer base as well. Thanks again. Please join us next time.